Hello and welcome to Who Watches Who, a Doctor Who podcast with me, Matthew. And as always, I am joined with... Hello, it is it is, it is is Scott here. Hello. <laughs> Forgot your own name. Uh, and it is the no. <laughs> end of the month of... What month are we in? October. Uh, you forgot the spookiest me month. You forgot the and month. And that so means... <laughs> that's even worse than forgetting your own months name. Months are less important. <laughs> months are less important than your own name. Uh... And that means at the end of the month, it is time for our news roundup, where we look at all of the wonderful and slightly awful news in the Doctor Who world from the past however many weeks, four or five weeks since the last episode, and we condense it all into one easy-to-digest, probably way longer than an hour episode this week, because there's a lot of news to discuss. Uh... (laughs) Um, and we're going to open up this episode with some sad news just to get you in the mood for listening to everything Doctor Who. And that is R.I.P. Michael Gamden. Uh, and this article doesn't want to load for me. It's a good start. I say- <laughs> Harry Potter. There we go. I got it. Harry Potter star Sir Michael Gamden dies aged 80. Two. The actor who played Albus Dumbledore, Sir Michael Gamden, has died at the age of 82. He's also was in that episode of Doctor Who. Um, which one? The Christmas one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah the, Christmas the Carl. Scroogey yes. one. <laughs> yes. The award-winning actor began his acting career after leaving school with no qualifications. He went on to become a household name, starring in The Singing Detective early on in his career, and latterly his role in the Harry Potter films uh, earned him a new generation of fans. Um, And, uh, you know, we don't really like to discuss Harry Potter too much on the Mm -hmm. show for obvious reasons. Um, This is the second week in a row where we've mentioned Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Can't escape it. Can't escape it. Uh, I I did... I did enjoy his performance as Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. There's definitely been some criticisms of his performance as Dumbledore and the way that he presented oh, yes. Dumbledore <laughs> that and one... how different it was from the book. <laughs> that, you know, specifically that one scene yes. where he comes charging into a room, isn't it? Also, um, I, I guess I would, be, I, quite... I, would, I would be more on the director, make this scene more intense. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I get yeah exactly it's also you're 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 delivering it for a new audience mm-hmm. and it's a visual medium like watching someone casually stroll into a room you're like oh there's no danger here it's fine um whereas if dumbledore of all people comes charging in going oh my god what have you done <laughs> suddenly you're like oh crap he's done something bad um what's very funny i guess on the bbc news website is oh, yes. they have what i presume is a memorial video that has been removed for rights reasons the bbc got struck with a copyright strike um mm. <laughs> which is very funny <laughs> and uh, yeah it's been like that for ever since the news broke like half an hour after the news broke and they've never replaced it not even with like a still image of them it's just it's, it's a very bare yeah. minimum article it's very strange <laughs> But yeah, um, an incredible loss. He was was a really good actor, of course. He was in movies like Toys. Have you ever seen Toys starring Robin Williams? Oh, God, I don't... Have I Toys movie? No, I've never seen (laughs) Toys starring Robin Williams and LL Cool J. (laughs) LL Cool J plays Michael Gamblin's son or nephew or something. It's the most bizarre movie of all time. It's such a weird film. It's interesting. It's coming up to Christmas. You might as well watch it. It's, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's mental. It's got a 
29% audience score. It says it's just like a colorfully over-engineered Guga? Guga. 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 On the shelf, toys might look like fun, but its seemingly limitless possibilities lead to men mainly to confusion and disappointment. Oh, this sounds ace. This sounds fantastic. Yeah, uh, confusion is the right way. I, I've watched it probably like three or four times in my life, and it's just a weird film, but it's visually interesting. Uh, Michael Gamden plays uh, this owner of a toy factory, but he's also like a military man, so he's like, uh, let's build all the military toys, and then they build all the military toys, but Robin Williams is like, no, so I don't like want toy all soldiers. The- yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, uh, little, uh, what's- yeah. yeah, little yeah. soldiers, yeah. <laughs> toy soldiers, it was called? No. Oh, small soldiers. Small soldiers. Small soldiers. Yeah, we were both Small wrong. soldiers, <laughs> I called there. Yeah, we were both wrong. Small soldiers, <laughs> great movie. Uh, the main main kid in that movie is insufferable. Absolutely insufferable. Alan. It's perfect. I love Alan. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Amy um, was also. <laughs> no, you watch it again. You do not love Alan. <laughs> but yeah, he was also in a million other things like Fantastic Mr. Fox, um, Dad's Army, the movie, uh, Paddington, um, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. I don't remember him being in that, but he was apparently in it. Uh, the worst Kingsman movie. I don't remember much from King. I don't remember much from the Golden Circle. I remember enjoying it. I never saw the prequel either. Never did I. Um, it's an okay series. Yeah, the yeah. first one was really good, but the second um, one not so much. But you know, Michael Gamden, such a incredible career. You know, there's a million other things, and just Doctor Who happens to be just one of them. And he was fantastic in that Doctor Who yeah. episode. He didn't phone it in. He was just he was phenomenal in that one episode. Great. <laughs> Great actor. I remember it being uh, really, f- yeah. I remember it being a really fun episode. Um, maybe one we'll have to revisit at some point um, in a holiday season. Not this coming holiday season. There's too much Doctor Who already. Um, <laughs> and speaking, but yes, rest in peace. Yes, and and speaking of um, yes. too much Doctor Who. Yeah, speaking of too much Doctor Who, <laughs> we have release dates, don't we? Oh Woo-hoo. yes. Uh, do you want to take the first release dates while x.com refuses to load for me i mean twitter.com yes. i mean x.com <laughs> i mean what's this website called uh <laughs> just an hour ago pretty much we got the release dates for the 60th anniversary specials they will air weekly from the 25th of november um so that's slight which is not good for us <laughs> yes <laughs> uh we were banking on the fact that it would probably come out on the 11th of november um 11 11 is far more of a catchier release date than 2511 but you know it's it's whatever i'm i'm fine with the 25th yeah. of november, november i don't care it's just we have to get we had to wind up getting some filler in you know yeah i i guess that they want to limit the space between mm. the 60th and the christmas special so that there's not this huge like month long gap instead it's gonna be like what a week two week gap yeah i think two like weeks that? the Maybe last one's on the ninth two weeks and two days one, two three yeah so like hardly any gap at all which yeah it makes sense for it to to come on the 25th of november and then the next you know the next doctor on the 25th of december you know that's some fun synergy right there like, yeah we're one month away from but, the 14th doctor and then exactly two months away from the yeah. 15th doctor insane yeah <laughs> exactly on the day that we're recording yes. this we are recording this on the 25th of october so you know it is 
we are that's insane to think about that we are so close to two brand new doctors um <laughs> yeah god uh but they've also released some posters for the episodes as well uh with the first episode uh the star beast with i think maybe one of the better posters i i think the three posters are fine mm. they're kind of cool but everyone's face is fake yes they're, they're all they all have ai faces and i'm like what has gone on with every single person's face it's got so many filters and so much photoshop to re yeah. remove blemishes and wrinkles like david tennant looks like he's had like five years plastic <laughs> surgery done on him in the last 10 minutes he looks like, like jimmy carr <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> like it's it's insane uh, how like just surreal they look. Yeah, but like, still, one uh, the star. Yeah, one of the selling points cool. to be sixtieth anniversaries is the fact that it's the Doctor, but he's fifteen years older now. It's Catherine Tate, but she's fifteen years older now, and they make him look so young and so plastic. Like, like they're autons. Maybe that's part of the plot. Maybe they're autons. Maybe we just stumbled onto <laughs> maybe, something. Yeah, maybe it's all a maybe it's all a dream inside the nesting <laughs> consciousness. And that's the twist. <laughs> but yeah, of course, um, airbrushing has been uh, like a standard in the film and television industry for so long, and it's kind of disgusting. It's kind of yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it is bad. It is bad. Um, but like, I think Catherine Tate looks okay. She doesn't look fake. She definitely looks photoshopped, mm -hmm. but she doesn't look fake. Whereas if you look at the poster for the second episode, which is the one with the title I don't remember, and the one we know the least about, Wild Blue plot Yonder. Wise. Yeah, Wild Blue Yonder. Like David Tennant's face. <laughs> doesn't look like david tennant's face yeah. that looks like somebody else <laughs> like <laughs> um my favorite it's insane my favorite poster is probably the third one i just like the composition of all the he's kind of like um gambit from the x-men just all the cards are coming directly towards us as if they're gonna give us a paper cut or something <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that one as well. Uh, but again, <laughs> David Tennant's dead face yeah. staring into my soul. Like he he looks he looks like a cartoon in this one. <laughs> like his eyes are massive. Like <laughs> it's insane. But I do like that one. I like. I mean, the color on all of them is great. Yeah. Um, interestingly the first and the third one share a lot of themes color wise. There's a lot of red and mm -hmm. there's a lot of blue. Um. And a lot of gold going on, whereas the second one, surprisingly enough, Wild Blue Yonder has a lot of blue and is a very cold-looking poster. Um, uh, and also has this funky robot dude, which we've not seen anywhere before. Yeah, Who's this dude? Uh, Where did he come from? Yeah, like um, he, he's he, well, somebody just described him as like an egg, egg cup man robot, egg, an egg man, <laughs> egg cup man robot man. He reminds me, he reminds me of the robot from the Hitchhikers yes. of the Galaxy movie. Yes, another Harry Potter actor who died. Well, Michael Gamden died at a reasonable age. Alan Rickman died way too young. Alan was yeah, he was. Alan Rickman was way too young. Absolute tragedy. But yeah, we also have a tagline for the Wild Blue Yonder: "Farther than ever before." So, so interesting. What could be further than? Do you think they're gonna do multiverse stuff? Possibly. Like, you know, into the wild blue yonder, maybe they, they go, like, into a star or into yeah. a portal of some kind, and then things get really trippy and weird, yeah, like, and that's where this whole, like, keeping it a secret comes from, because maybe mm -hmm. the 14th Doctor 
is because there's been a lot of rumors swirling of like David Tennant's not going to actually regenerate into this version of the Doctor, and maybe that's because this version of the Doctor is from a different universe. Maybe you know, maybe this is Wild Blue Yonder thing is. I mean, I, I hate that idea as well. I hate every <laughs> idea that isn't the Doctor just regenerates. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, my yeah, I don't. We have no idea what the Wild Blue Yonder is, but I think it might be keep might be a secret because maybe it's the one with the most cameos. Maybe Susan is in it somehow, mm. and the multiverse multiverse angle might play into it. Maybe it's a maybe it's another Susan, yeah. which I, I hope not. I, I'm kind of sick of the multiverse angle or, at the moment. There's too much of it going on. Same, but it is cash money right now. Yeah. Cash money multiverse. Um, or it's either going to be that, or maybe it's something like the Doctor going back through his timeline. You know, he's going mm-hmm. back and he's trying to solve a problem or something. Yeah. Like he's he's revisiting through his past lives, and that's where all mm-hmm. the cameos and stuff are going. And then, uh, you know, he runs into Clara, obviously, because she'd be there as well, <laughs> going through his past life. Kind of like um, the Big Bang, but even bigger, the the bigger Bang, <laughs> the the very Big Bang. <laughs> but yeah, these posters are okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we've seen worse posters. They're decent. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, no, it's 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 more promotional material that yep. gets me excited. Um, Disney Plus has also started promoting the show. Uh, they released a trailer which has got a few new shots. Most importantly, a shot that has got um, Mr. Name in my head, which Harris. is there <laughs> at the tip of my tongue. Neil Patrick Harris, I thought of it all yeah, by myself, sh- yes. um, running towards the, yes. the the frame. And what it depicts here is a blue circle around someone in this image, and people are pointing out yeah. that this is probably Mel. It's Mel, and she's coming here early, because we already know she's going to be in series 14, and this might Ooh. be reading that she's in... Uh, the specials because this is obviously in unit hq and we know that mel is with unit so it does fit that she would be in the episode with unit in it you know what if it's what if it's just a regular ginger lady (laughs) maybe it's you (laughs) what if it's maybe maybe it was me you know what if it's just a regular background actor and everyone is like, "Oh my God, it's it's Mel, it's Mel," and it's it's not. It's just like an extra. Like, who's the dude standing behind supposedly Mel? Who's that guy? It's Neil, Why uh, are we uh, talking uh, about? Oh my God, this guy's. Oh my back. God, it's Peter Capaldi. It's, it's Graham. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, Mel, Mel makes sense. This is like a theory that I can get behind. Obviously, she's very blurred in the background, so it's not one hundred percent sure. But it does look like Mel because. It could also be Donna, but it's not Donna because she's not wearing the clothes from any promotional material we've seen. So it's probably Mel. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Or a random extra. Mm, true. Or a random extra. <laughs> Mel, Mel or a random extra. Uh, but it is nice BBC to see. One have also... Sorry, it is nice to see Disney Plus finally start marketing this shit. And also, we're going to start airing this on the same day as BBC One, which is lovely, lovely stuff. <laughs> It is cool. I am interested to see how well it does in America mm. now that it will have a more permanent home than BBC America, which I don't know where you even watch BBC America because I'm not in America. Um, I imagine cable or something. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, Disney Plus is going to have a much wider reaching audience and a lot more kids. 
and stuff discovering mm. Doctor Who. And I'm curious also, as to how big yeah. of an impact it's going to have. It was really strange. Actually, I was listening to a, a podcast earlier today. And this is an American podcast with American hosts. Uh, and they were they started talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is surreal. What's going on right now? Um, <laughs> I, but they had it's because they had a British person right. on the show. And they were like, is it a kid's show? Like, and like I, wait, I was like, <laughs> it's like it's kind of a kid show, and the, yeah, <laughs> and of course, um, Disney Plus, the Disney Plus deal isn't just in America; it's every country where Disney Plus is, apart from the UK, yeah. which is mental to think about. Although it, 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 I really think it should be in Ireland as well, because Ireland don't have BBC iPlayer, so we're missing a trick there. <laughs> it's really complicated in Ireland at the yeah. moment. It because. <laughs> Where yeah. where do you go if you I, want to catch up on Doctor Who? <laughs> Surfshark True. VPN. Yeah, um, sponsor um, us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, I as far as like it being available in every other country, yeah, that's true. But America's the target yes. market. Yeah, yeah, you know, like America's the market they want to capture because that's where the money is. That's one of the that's that's who they're going to try and yeah. sell it to. Like, yeah, cool. It's really popular in Brazil. Like, that's not really the, the key get demographic they're going after. They're going after the American market. <laughs> BBC One have also unveiled a new ident, which has got non-photoshopped scary David Tennant. He looks normal. <laughs> he looks like a regular human. Oh, my God. I mean, I guess regular Time Lord. But he doesn't look like a freak. He looks like a regular, <laughs> like, 50-year-old man. And it's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, this aired just before EastEnders today, where David Tennant is pointing his sonnet screwdriver at the camera, and the words BBC One transform into the 25th of November, I guess. It, it's not the most interesting ident, but still, it's again, it's cool to see Doctor Who promoted. It's it's nice, yeah. you know? Because <laughs> uh, like, if you I remember... Mean, remember... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember when we did Flux? We only found out the release date two weeks beforehand. And there was this... Yeah, yeah. it was brutal. And there was, like, no marketing. And there was, like, one yeah. trailer and nothing about it. And it's like, oh, my God. It's impossible to talk about Flux because there's no marketing for it. Nightmare. <laughs> it was sad. Yeah. Uh, we also coming up we have got doctor who unleashed coming to bbc three this is from the doctor who website uh time to step behind the scenes doctor who unleashed lands on bbc three sorry i'm burping and iplayer this november just as you come out from behind the sofa it is time to step behind the scenes a brand new access all area show doctor who unleashed will give viewers an unmissable insight into the world of doctor who doctor who unleashed is a new 30 minute factual entertainment series produced by bright branch for bbc studios for bbc3 and bbc <laughs> iplayer uh take a shot every time bbc or the letter b is in this jesus Host Stefan Powell, BBC gaming correspondent and former Radio 1 Newsbeat presenter, has been given the keys to the TARDIS and after every episode of Doctor Who, viewers can switch over to BBC3 or iPlayer as Stefan takes viewers on a journey showing them just how this out of the showing them just how this out of this world drama is made. God, that's a clunky sentence right at the end. Uh, with exclusive <laughs> interviews with the stars in front of the camera as well as those behind it, Unleashed is the ultimate companion to Doctor Who and it has a really boring logo actually yeah That's it's a really terrible boring logo the only yeah. does not fit with anything it feels like it's a 90s logo for some reason 
really it feels like shit. someone made this logo in five minutes on photoshop <laughs> like, <laughs> like i feel like i could recreate this logo very quickly <laughs> Um, Russell T. Davis, the Doctor Who showrunner, says, Over the years, I meet so many people who were inspired to find careers in TV because of the behind-the-scenes material the BBC would show. And now it's back in the grand old tradition of Doctor Who Confidential, but in a brand new form, Unleashed. So, a whole new generation and faithful fans of old can see what the stars and the crew get up to behind the cameras. Uh, Stefan Powell, the host of Doctor Who Unleashed, says, uh, When you're told Russell T. Davis is asking you to present a show, you say when does he want me doesn't matter i'll be there there's a really fun and fascinating group of people uh, bringing doctor who to life i can't wait for the audience to meet them i'm so chuffed to have been trusted to help tell in all its glory the story of what goes on into making the magic happen uh, Joe Pierce, Bright Branch creative director and Doctor Who Unleashed executive producer, jeez, that's a lot of titles, says, The series gives audiences access to all areas, led brilliantly by Stefan Powell. Viewers are invited to see what really goes into the making of Doctor Who. It's been such a privilege to create this show, and we're so grateful to the cast and crew who welcomed us and allowed us to tell the story behind the drama. Oh, there's so many interviews here. The last one, Fiona Campbell, youth audience uh, for BBC iPlayer and BBC BC3. Who is? What's her job? You thought she's just a? Is she just a, a key demographic? <laughs> I guess. <What? laughs> Doctor Who is a show that needs no introduction, so it goes without saying that BBC3 and iPlayer are thrilled to introduce this incredible new series that invites viewers into the world of Doctor Who, showing them just what really goes on. What? What? Fiona Campbell, yeah, it, what is your job? <laughs> what, who are you? And, <laughs> like, and also, it's, it's such a pointless thing to add on yeah. to it because of course we're not going to say well we were really hesitant about it at first we were thinking <laughs> you know, i didn't think oh, bbc3 really was going to be a good place like <laughs> they had to really yeah, twist um... my arm to put this on <laughs> <laughs> um going back to what russell d davis says about how he meets a lot of people a lot of younger people who were influenced by the behind the scenes things that the bbc showed when we were younger I'm one of those people, you know. I, I grew up watching wow. Doctor Who Confidential every Saturday night after Doctor Who, and it led me to go on to do college. That's where I met Matthew over here. And the only thing I came out of going to college is this fucking podcast where we talk about behind the scenes information about Doctor Who. So it goes full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life, life is a flat circle. Um, it's, I, I mean, like, I, I was, I don't think I ever really watched Doctor Who Confidential, maybe caught an episode or two here or there mm-hmm. uh, as a kid. It was much more just binging movies nonstop that made me want to get into a career in the creative arts and what pursued me to going into college and meeting that person if you can call him that on the other side of the screen (laughs) um and it's 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 really interesting that we both made the same mistake of living in the middle of (laughs) of like nowhere in a country where Mm -hmm. the only place where there's a tv career is in london uh, so, <laughs> terrible <laughs> very good at foresight uh the two of us <laughs> but hey there's a good podcast that came out of it i guess really which one what one's that <laughs> uh, <laughs> my only hesitation about doctor who unleashed is i really hope they don't edit it for a, a new market for a new audience because you know kids these days 
They love TikTok. I don't want Doctor Who Unleashed to be I, like a big long TikTok video where David Tennant is to, doing the floss. <laughs> you know? I, I I want it to be edited like a Mr. Beast video. <laughs> and I've only I've only seen one Mr. Beast video that you forced yes. me to watch. And I've never been more confused, overwhelmed, and yet couldn't stop watching uh something in my life than i have been with that video and that's what i want doctor who unleashed to be i want it to be the most overwhelming behind the scenes experience where everything is happening so fast and they're throwing so much information at you and yet somehow you're compelled and you're like wow this is incredible um that's what i want it to be yeah um i really hope it learns the lessons of what Doctor Who Confidential did wrong towards the end of its arc, where it just ended up being, well, here's some interviews, and now we've got, like, 30 seconds of this random music video where uh, Alex Kingston is riding a fake horse, and we're going to play the music video to um, Shaking Your Ass. Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. That's the thing that happened to Doctor Who Confidential, and also it's like... (laughs) Oh, let's, let, let, this week, let's have Arthur Darville do some driving lessons for some reason. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think what I want in my in my heart of hearts is I want this to be the most boring show on BBC yes. Three. Like I want this to be a really like really dry, boring. Let's take a look at the camera and the set design. And oh, let's go have a really long chat with the the costume designers and the puppeteers for the aliens because like that that like i want this to be like blu-ray extras the show yes. that's what <laughs> that's what i want it to be <laughs> but either way it is cool that we get some more behind the scenes stuff because we are really lacking throughout the peter capaldi era and especially during the jodie whittaker era and I'm, I'm just looking forward yeah. to it every day, every week, sitting down and listening to Russell T. Davis talk about his stories and why he chooses certain things and what and kind of hints it towards what it will lead to. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be nice. It's, 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 Come it's going to be an overwhelming amount of work for us. Like I say overwhelming amount of work. It's going to be slightly more work to talk about something because they said it's air there. It's airing yep. uh, immediately after the episode. So we're going to have to watch the episode gather our thoughts, watch the behind the scenes <laughs> thing, and then record an episode on that, uh, on the, like our review reaction sort of thing on what we just watched. That's a lot of work. Um, I don't want to do it. I quit. So you're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then. Okay. Um, this is the last episode of the podcast. Bye bye. Yeah. I just, just out before, before it gets big. That's the, that's the goal. Um, so we can always think, oh, what could have been rather than be disappointed at what was, uh, anyway, moving on Russell D Davis's doctor who magazine number 596 comments, uh, <clears throat> dates to look out for November 1st, November 17th, November 23rd. And none of those dates is the date of the special's transmission. Also, I'd better say none of them is a date to book a hotel for since we don't have any live events planned. Sorry, we concentrated our fire on things that everyone can see. As the summer began, I was thinking about the 60th and wondered, have we done enough? So I had an idea on July 5th, sent a formal proposal to the team on July 20th, then three screenwriters got to work, and now, just two months later, on the second half of September, we're about to embark on a six-day studio shoot of a brand new material that will make you fizz. I, what's the chances he wrote jizz and then had to change it? I promise. <laughs> uh, 
Also in the issue, Scott Hancock reveals that on the August 16th, executive producers Russell T. Davis and Phil Collison meet meet with me and co-producer Sharon King for a TOTT kickoff meeting. Enjoy the acronym. So TOTT, I assume, is this new show idea thing that mm. they had, or maybe it's just a special event. I don't know if it's going to be a show. I feel like it's not a lot of time to write a whole show, but it's enough time to write like a quick special or a quick mini mini episode or something kind of like the or, the episode with the the eighth doctor regenerating or maybe maybe actually this is this is stuff that's all separate so maybe it's something maybe we're doing Ooh. a different show maybe we're doing an actual spin-off that won't be out until like late 2025 we shall see maybe but november 1st yeah. november 17th and november 23rd we're getting doctor who content and we yes, don't really we know, know the answer what to some of these. We know some of <laughs> no, them. Not November first is Classicu, is it not? November first would be Classicu. Oh, in the letters, That's he coming... also talks. In the letters, he also talks about Classicu coming to BBC iPlayer. So it'd be weird for him to oh, okay. hint towards this while also saying, "Oh yeah, on November first, we're getting Classicu on BBC iPlayer." He, I think it's something different. He could have wrote like them it. on different days. He could have written them on different <laughs> it days. Could, you could don't be. know. Yeah. Uh, also, November twenty so third is very close to the twenty fifth, so I wonder what we're getting just a couple days mm. before the actual episode I airs. Mean, that November twenty third is the actual anniversary date, so we're gonna probably mm. gonna get something special. Um, documentary. Uh, They're all documentaries. Yeah. Every single one. Of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah, like the only thing I could think of is like, oh yeah, let's air some classic episodes on BBC Two and with a documentary yeah. and stuff like that. That's the only thing I could think of. But maybe. Maybe we're also maybe the three little scripted things he talks about in the second paragraph. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, either way, Russell T. Davis hates letting us plan ahead for this. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um. Speaking of writing things for Doctor Who, there is some new writers for Doctor Who uh, series 14, is it, that these guys are writing for? Yes. Uh, writers Kate Heron and Brioni Redman join forces for Doctor Who. The new series of Doctor Who will feature an episode co-written by writing duo Kate Heron and Brioni Redman, which will air once Shuigawa takes control of the TARDIS as the 15th Doctor. Both writers have made their mark as creatives, Kate as the executive producer and director of the entirety of Series 1 of the popular Marvel Studios series Loki, as well as directing on the critically acclaimed series Sex Education. Uh, Brioni is an actor, comedian, and BAFTA Rockcliffe winning writer whose work includes the Welsh crime comedy Pont Breck with uh, Damien Evans and the award-winning short film Forget Me Not, which screened across film festivals internationally. Um... The pair have collaborated on a range of work together, including their comic The Storkening, as well as TV and film projects, including the sci-fi Miss Universe and the acclaimed short film Smear. Uh, now they have teamed up once more to take viewers on an unforgettable adventure in the new series of Doctor Who. And you can tell that there's too much content in the world when I've never heard of that comic, nor that sci-fi <laughs> series, or that short film, or most of the projects yeah. they've worked on besides Loki and Sex Education. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, um, uh, you know, if we're BAFTA winners, we're in good hands. And apparently, uh, people have deduced that we're probably writing the episode with Jonathan Groff, um, who okay. we talked about a few months ago. It's uh, episode episode six of season fourteen, I guess. 
So mm. that's something to look out for. Yeah. Uh, Kate Heron said, Clearly I can't get enough of time travel. It is an absolute honor to write for Russell and Shooty. We had so much fun and can't wait for you all to see it. Brioni Redmond said, As a big fan of Doctor Who and Russell T. Davis, it has been a dream to write on this show. Keep it short. Uh, Doctor Who showrunner Russell T. <laughs> Davis said, this is, when I, this is when I absolutely love my job. Working with the stellar talents of Kate and Brioni makes my whole world bigger and brighter and a lot more fun. I was a huge fan of Loki and reached out to Kate to say so. She then introduced me to Brioni and it was all systems go. They've written a wonderful script which created unique challenges for cast and crew alike. The end result is gorgeous and thrilling and scary and not like any other episode of Doctor Who. Uh, which is interesting. Gorgeous, thrilling and scary and not like any other episode of Doctor Who. I feel so like we, that's We could finally get a good true. episode in our hands. <laughs> 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 Only yeah. took him like 840 episodes. Yeah. Finally, a yeah, good one is in our hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, probably won't be great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's cool. Um, I like Loki season one was a good time. Probably the mm. best Marvel show. Um, oh. And... Yeah. Again, name another Marvel show that's worth watching. <laughs> I, I like the first that's, six that's episodes truly, of Wanda. That's Legend. truly name a show, not episode. A show that is truly worth watching. <laughs> they're, they're, it's really just kind of Loki. Uh, the other ones are meh. <laughs> yeah, Legion is the only other Marvel show I can think of, but it's not in uh, MCU, the MCU. MCU, yeah. pal. Yeah, uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's. there's but hey, did he did he read that article where we're like, oh shit, we should probably start treating these MCU shows like actual TV shows. Let's let's have a story <laughs> bible. <laughs> you know, it t- only took him oh like four God. years. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's cool. I like how they took the Doctor Who approach though. Of like, who needs canon? Fuck it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, Loki season one was great. Um and Loki season two not so great so we'll see. Oh really? I haven't started um, it yet. I, I've seen a lot of positive things about mm, it. Loki season yeah it's it's kind of bland for me but we'll see Ooh. we'll see where it all ends up. Interesting. I haven't. I'm waiting to finish some other shows before I put another one on my plate. I'm a little bit fair. full up of TV shows at the minute. So that's fair. <laughs> uh, in other news, series. 15 of Doctor Who has begun filming, which will be the second series of Shooty Gatwa's <laughs> Doctor, which is insane that that's starting mm. filming already when we've not even seen series 14 yet. Will Shooty be the first Doctor to finish filming all his episodes before we see him as the Doctor? Oh, God, <laughs> it's entirely likely, you know. <laughs> It's, it's <laughs> mental to think how far ahead they are. You know, we just did um, World Enough in Time and The Doctor Falls, where they talk about the fact that they have to do post-production in a span of six weeks. Meanwhile, yeah. <laughs> now we're yeah. like a year and a half ahead. It's mental to think about, and I hope this continues, because if this continues, we're, we're getting Doctor Who every year at the same time, which... That's the plan, isn't it? That was was Russell's plan. Russell's plan when he came back. Doctor Who every year. And it seems to be that train is rolling. I cannot imagine how much work he is doing at the minute. Oh, God. (laughs) That must be up to his eyeballs. It's insane. 
yeah. according to Russell T. Davis in Doctor Who magazine number 596, five of the nine scripts have been finished. Yep. Which is impressive. Um, Russell, yeah, give me a ring. I'll, I'll finish up those last three for you. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> Good kind of work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, that's what you get, you know. <laughs> um, uh, in other media, we have got more cartoons, and then it's a picture of salt. Because so, we have to take, you... we have to take this, we have to take this with a grain of salt because it's from ah, the mirror. Okay. So <laughs> okay, right, you're being funny. Okay, got you. Don't try that again. Uh, from the mirror, uh, Doctor Who fans can expect plenty of fun and games in the next animation, thanks to the Celestial Toy Maker. The character will appear in the hit BBC show this autumn after being brought back by Russell T. Davis for the final special, marking the show's 60th anniversary. Neil Patrick Harris will play the immortal being who exists only to play games and cause havoc in others' lives, but the Celestial Toymaker, a William Hartnell story from 1966, will also be brought back to life in cartoon form after the master tapes were wiped years ago. Batman star Michael Goh in... Uh, Inset originally starred as the villain alongside Alo Alo's Carmen Silvera and former Blue Peter star Peter Purves. Uh, but only part four of the story still exists in the BBC archives after a copy was returned from Australia in February 1984. An insider said, for many fans, the Celestial Toymaker is one of the greatest Doctor Who stories ever. Which is, okay, so... What I know about the Celestial Toymaker story is mm -hmm. it's one, not aged very well because of all the racism, yep. and two, it's not aged very well because of all the racism. So <laughs> uh, I'd be interested to see how that translates in animated form, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Probably when better because you, like, like, you could yeah. hide all the blackface and yellowface and stuff. Oh, like, yeah, because, <laughs> um, well, the one point of racism in the original storyline is apparently the toy maker does say the N-word at one point <laughs> in, like, episode two or three. Um, but in what, what the BBC have done in recent times is when they release the story on, like, CD, because obviously the audio still exists for these, they fade out on the N-word. They have, like, narration above it, so... It's completely uh, obscured. I'm, sh I'm sure it won't be on a DVD release. And I'm sure... <laughs> how long until we get released the N-word cut? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Right, I get the idea of wanting to not have mm -hmm. it in, but at the same time, show it how it was. Like, don't try to hide or change the show into something that it wasn't. Like, this is a product from 1966. This is language that they thought was appropriate back then. Like, why mm. change what is essentially a, a time capsule, a piece of history um, to suit more modern ideals? Like, I get, like, it's, I'm all for not saying it anymore because, yeah, why would you? I wasn't for saying it back then. I wasn't alive back then. My point is, don't change media you know kind yeah, of I, like I, <laughs> I, I don't care in context it's the toy maker saying eeny meeny miny mo uh catch up oh okay i get yeah i get yeah so yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, jeremy yeah. clarkson way of the rhyme <laughs> yeah yeah Which, yeah. yeah and I, you know it's yeah. you don't need it and it doesn't add anything to the plot and if anything you know, makes it inaccessible to large portions of the audience you're trying to get to. So I fully understand the BBC yeah. 
not wanting that to represent them as a brand or have it as a smear on Doctor Who's name as a brand either. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, at the same time, I'm in two heads because I, I totally yeah. see and understand from a corporate sort of look at it, like this is how it should be but from a mm-hmm. like let's archive media how it was sort of look oh yeah like i don't i, I, I understand don't changing the past yeah. <laughs> i understand where you're coming from because you know like old warner brothers cartoons are racist racist as hell yeah you know and they have like a little thing in front of each cartoon saying uh this reflects the attitudes of a time it wasn't right then it isn't right now etc we have yeah um like uh, uh what's her name Whoopi Goldberg steps out in front of the camera and explains some racist history and all that, which is a great way of doing it. In Doctor Who, I don't care either way because it's just one line that they're going to censor out. It, it adds nothing yeah. to the story, so I'm fine with it. You know. Yeah, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna <clears throat> like. You know, scream to the nine hells that they got rid of <laughs> one line of dialogue, not even a line of dialogue, a word from a line of dialogue. Mm. I'm just, you know. From a from a pure archivist point of view, not a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um. So yeah, but they did air. They just did screen the underwater menace a few weeks ago, and at the Q and A, they said we have two teams now working on these animations. Two teams. That's insane. That's insane. Like yes. like a few months ago, we were talking about how the animations <laughs> have been cancelled. Yeah, it's, it is quite insane because I think back then it was partially funded by BBC America. Obviously, BBC America isn't part of a deal anymore. I don't know why they're still BBC America because all they do is air Star Trek and like Bones. <laughs> two very BBC centric shows. Two, yeah, but those are two very <laughs> popular shows. So, you know, it gets yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> but, um, yeah. We have two new studios doing the animation, so we could see in like maybe four years' time, every yeah. story is animated now, which would be amazing. Because I don't I think would... these stories are going to be found anytime soon. So no, animated. I would. I would really be interested to see if the animation quality goes up. <laughs> because I doubt it. That's that, <laughs> that's always the biggest like uh part for me when it's like cool yeah it's back and i can watch it but it looks like shit and i don't want to look at it you know i don't i actively don't want to watch it because it looks bad um yeah so like you know even just a little bit a little not little little extra budget to just up that animation quality will go a long way mm-hmm. uh in non-mirror related news uh there was a doctor who concert recently and they aired it on bbc sounds and both you and i listened to it and in that concert they unveiled some new themes uh they unveiled the 15th doctor's theme and ruby sunday's theme uh and i'm gonna have to listen back to it before i give my my solid opinion (laughs) and we also have the new theme song itself so yes and of course really got a big treat so the theme song it is definitely a doctor who theme song thumbs up from me (laughs) (laughs) yeah my only issue with the theme song is the start of it the mix sounds weird it's like an overwhelming 
you just you're not sure what instrument you're needing to listen to to capture the theme because there's so many instruments going off it feels overwhelming i presume it's just because it's a live show i presume the actual mix of yeah. the theme song would be better but i really like a theme song especially like how near the end of it uh they do a little piano thing that was in the doctor who movie the eighth doctor who movie because that's my favorite theme song the eighth movie that's uh, mm. and also the middle eight the middle eight is so good i love the middle eight bring back the middle eight <laughs> well they did uh i think it's, uh, <laughs> i think it's solid as well um i'll be very excited when it when it comes on what i like about the doctor who theme songs as well is they're all different yet all mm-hmm. identifiably the same you know yeah. and they talk they talk about this briefly on did you watch the showrunner roundtable thing that they did um i watched clips of it yes oh i watched i watched uh watched it and they talked about that theme song thing um and i think it's russell t davis or somebody that says it's 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 amazing isn't it that they're all basically the same song but like they or it could have been it could have been moffat it sounds more like a moffat thing to say (laughs) when it's like it's it's all the same song it's always constantly the same song yet they come in and they make it just slightly different it's brilliant um and it is it's it's incredible how many different ways there is of playing and writing what is essentially the same sheet of music you know (laughs) Um, because all the broad strokes are there it still sounds like a doctor who mm -hmm. theme song and you know it's it's like the doctor himself is he's still he's always the same character and there's little bits and bobs you can recognize in each of the doctors but we're all completely different people it's kind of cool (laughs) what weird show we're talking about (laughs) yeah um at the 15th doctor's theme I'm torn on. I really... I liked it the first time I heard it. I really liked it the first time I heard it. I thought it was cool. Mm. The second time hearing it, and granted, I haven't listened to it fully again, but, like, listening to, like, the... Like, just this little, like... Like, bumpy little trumpet in the background. Like, it's... It, it reminds me of, you know, the Family Guy joke of, I th- of like, Stewie or somebody walking behind a <laughs> yes. fat person with a trumpet. <laughs> like, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like that plodding. Okay. And that's all I can see in my head. All, um, all I can see in my <laughs> head is penguins marching for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird... It, it does have a march to it. There is a march yeah. to the song. It definitely has a march. It's strange. Um, I dig but it. It's not I, bad. I dig it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be I, cool I, yeah, when Shooty shows up. With I it. think I need to see how it is applied to the show before making final judgments. You know, how it fits into each scene it's used in. Yeah, and I hope it doesn't become it, another "I Am the Doctor" where it gets used every fucking episode. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things about the concert because um, uh, Russell D. Davis at one point is like, "Oh yeah, the music isn't exactly subtle, is it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i i enjoyed it and i am the doctor sounds amazing in that orchestra it's worth oh, listening yeah. to um there's also ruby sunday's theme um and oh, russell t davis loves a blonde companion doesn't he uh but <laughs> her her theme song sounds sad it sounds it very sad it's a very sad <laughs> song it makes you sad um it's 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 like a slow methodical like ooh, i'm this what a sad i'm gonna have a tragic story i'm sure mm-hmm. type character yeah, it, 
Yeah, uh, because of all the goblins, uh... all the goblins <laughs> at Christmas <laughs> from the, yeah, we'll the Christmas <laughs> Yeah, all those yeah, goblins it, it... everywhere making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, it starts off as like a lone sad piano, and then more instruments get added into it, and it becomes like a wondrous kind of thing. As probably she's exploring the universe now, and it's joyous. It's really nice she got, little theme song. She, she just, yeah, she got away from the it, goblins, it, so everyone <laughs> becomes happy. <laughs> and it's also really unique for a, a Murray Gold score. Like, just the, the fact that it opens up in a lone piano for, like, a minute yeah. is kind of incredible for Murray Gold. And apparently, we're going to get Ruby Sunday actually performing the song inside of a show. Like, she'll be sitting at the piano and playing the song and it'll be her character song now. I guess that's why it opens up it. with the piano, because I assume that we're yeah. going to see her playing the piano at Christmas, being like, there's too many goblins. We still have more news, but do you want to discuss what we're actually doing next month on a show? That we have sure. to, we've we really had to do this last minute, so... Uh, so, what is happening next month? The month of November, the busiest month in Doctor Who freaking history. The 3rd of November, we will be looking at an adventure in space and time. Christ, I'm burping as I talk. Which is a biopic movie about William Hartnell, isn't it? Um, and yep. it's not a movie I've seen yet. Um, so, I'll be watching mm. that soon because we're recording the episode very soon. Uh, on the 10th of November, we are going to be looking at the Torchwood episode, Something Blue, uh, which is definitely an episode of Torchwood and not one that I have <laughs> seen. So, look forward to that. On the 17th of November, we will be doing news and a review of the 60th anniversary content so far and the 60th anniversary preview for every. <laughs> everything that has been happening and then after the 25th we will be reviewing the star beast and then every mm-hmm. bit after that we will be looking at every 60th anniversary yeah. special that comes um for so the other friday weeks mm, so friday the 24th we won't have an episode but we will try to do each 60th anniversary special as soon as possible like we we both have jobs it is impossible to <laughs> Uh, try and plan yeah. these things out in advance so we're hoping we can get each episode out by the tuesday or the wednesday i think is a reasonable time to expect them by you know midweek oh. uh, i mean you know or you know maybe night off if we're lucky but who knows with yeah you know, with work and stuff we will that. see but, um, we're, we're not promising yeah, uh, anything but we will see i mean it will be like it, it will be like flux it'll be like what we did with uh-huh. flux you know we'll we'll get it out when we can get it out uh what's interesting about and i don't think we've actually talked about this about it coming out on the 25th doctor who's back on saturdays Woo. yes saturday doctor fantastic. who fantastic <laughs> <laughs> and you can, it, you can tell that russell d davis probably really pushed for this because he really loves saturdays you know he wrote it into the show where david tennant who at, uh, the start of uh, stolen earth is like oh saturdays i love saturdays <laughs> Yeah, like Saturday just feels so right for Doctor Who, even though it's not always been on a Saturday. You know, it's always it, it's aired every single day of the week, especially during the eighties, yeah. where it's all over the map. But uh, Saturday also, I mean, is easier for us because there's less likelihood of us being busy on a Sunday. So that yeah. is that that is good. Um, coming out next month, 
brackets technically next three weeks. Uh, yeah. November first. <laughs> Every quote unquote, quote unquote, quote unquote, quote unquote, episode <laughs> coming to iPlayer. Uh, this is from bbc.co.uk. Never heard of it. The TARDIS doors are being thrown wide open as BBC iPlayer welcomes the biggest collection of Doctor Who to the platform, with hundreds of episodes becoming available with multiple accessibility features for the first time. Before the anniversary special hits our screen, viewers will have the opportunity to travel back in time with any of the Doctors through the show's 60-year history with the classic series, as well as explore the vast world of Doctor Who with spin-offs like the Sarah Jane Adventures, Torchwood, and Class, or step behind the scenes with every episode of Doctor Who Confidential, all available in one place, BBC iPlayer. Every episode on iPlayer from the back catalogue will be available with multiple accessibility options, including subtitles, audio descriptions, and sign language, with over 800 episodes of Doctor Who programming on iPlayer. Russell T. Davis, showrunner, says, I'd like to thank the BBC for the hard work to get this massive back catalogue under one roof at long last. I'm so excited for new viewers. Imagine being eight years old, spending winter afternoons exploring the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. And we're determined this won't be a dusty museum. We have exciting plans to bring the back catalogue to life, with much more to be revealed. I wonder if they're going to be sticking, like, the remasters on. Um for the classic mm. episodes and maybe bring in some colorization and things like that for the black and yeah, white ones. Be... I don't know. But yeah, yeah, more accessibility, including subtitles, audio description and sign language. That's an incredibly big yeah. amount of work to do. Like Jesus Christ, this must, this is insane. <laughs> Two and a half years in the works. A lot of people just think it's a case of, Oh yeah, let's just upload all our files to BBC iPlayer and we're done. That's how yeah. it works. But there's an awful lot like of YouTube. stuff. And the, it's like YouTube. It's like YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and let's let's um, hope it's proper subtitles this time because we've been watching a show on ITVX <laughs> and Britbox, and these subtitles often get it's, cut it's off. Perfect. Uh, it's They're not perfect translated subtitles. perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it's and, like abbreviations or it's like half sentences or yeah, the word is literally chopped in half <laughs> and it just ends. It's incredible. <laughs> Um, Russell D. Davis talking about being an eight-year-old and spending a winter afternoon watching every doctor, like every decade of Doctor Who, being able to explore the back catalogue, is kind of insane to think about. Because I remember when I was eight years old, and I could only see footage of Doctor Who on BBC Three. You know, Doctor Who Confidential would often air little clips of classic Who, and I'd be like, "Holy shit, this looks interesting! This looks awesome! This looks so interesting! How do I watch this? You have to." subscribe to sky you know yeah uh, uk tv gold and the uk tv gold was almost finished airing doctor who at this point we'd only have doctor who until like 2008 so um i was kind of out of luck yeah. i only caught the last episode of john purdy i caught it like a weekend marathon and i caught like every uh, tom baker episode i used to record them sometimes they'd air at like three o'clock in the morning and i would have to tape them so it was very difficult for me to watch classic Doctor Who in a legal sense. I, I, I used, I, mean, I used to also be able to find episodes on YouTube for free, so it wasn't too yeah. bad. But you know, I've, I've, it's it's nice that they're all legally here, um, for yeah, free. Essentially, you have to pay your TV um, license, but it's convenient. Yeah. Well, you have to pay your TV license in quotation <laughs> marks. The um, it's it's yeah. It's, I mean, it's the one. It's one of the main reasons why I have such a blind spot when it comes to classic Who is because it was like it ha I had literally no way of watching it as a kid. 
Like, I could not get it anywhere. We didn't have Sky. We didn't have uh, access to it. And I couldn't record anything because we, we didn't have a box that could record stuff. So even if we I could watch it, but it's on at 3 a.m., too bad. So sad. So the only episodes of Classic Who I had seen were just, like, an unearthly child and things like that. When, mm-hmm. like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'll just pirate it. But pirating stuff is, like, so inconvenient and such a yes. hassle to have to go onto the websites, <laughs> deal with all the pop-ups to watch 20 minutes of an episode. <laughs> that's like not good and you're like why am i doing this <laughs> so you just give up so having it all an iPlayer is much more much more convenient and i would have died for this to happen when i was eight years old so i'm very jealous oh, yeah. like... Same. <laughs> kids really have it lucky don't they <laughs> yeah and they're not gonna watch it which makes it worse uh archive material as the perfect companion to the back catalog the bbc will simultaneously launch an extensive online archive for the sh- from the show's history at bbc.co.uk slash doctor who in its beginning stages this new site will feature curated journeys through the archive to bring the show's extensive history to life for fans with items like interviews with cast members news pieces audio imagery and written documents ah it's like they made it for the show over time more content will be added to the archive including a special collection of photos that have been scanned at 8k resolution from an estimate of a total 25,000 prints (laughs) negative slides and digital images which will give an unprecedented insight into the show with access to all areas throughout the years the expanded archive will also feature additional gems from over 100,000 documents including memos correspondence designs and audience research alongside orchestral scores of sheet music also being added is a selection of audio clips about Doctor Who including radio programs documentaries interviews and music and I just felt the runtime of all of our podcasts podcast episodes extend <laughs> by like tenfold like... oh god yes i have so much more extra research to do now there's no excuse at least you just need to go to one point. site at least you just need to go to one site yes. you know you don't have to dig around <laughs> but i will i will still have to dig around you know i i like to be researched <laughs> as much as possible it's insane yeah um but yeah, yeah. for free this is what the bbc iPlayer or bbc website should be you know all this extra material, one one hundred thousand documents, twenty five thousand prints, incredible! That's so exciting. <laughs> you know, you can't ask I mean, for it's, more, it's, can you? It's stuff like this and being open and allowing people to see the process behind making mm-hmm. the show and how the show is made, which I think would do wonders in actually convincing people that the TV license is a good idea. Because yes. so many people are like, "What am I paying for?" You know, what's the point of it? Why, why I'm paying for something that I don't watch, that I don't see, that I don't know how it's made. Whereas if you just open the doors and are like, oh, no, this is a public service. So, you know, the show that we're making, you know, is funded through public funds. Like, let's let the public see how it's made. I think that's such yeah. a great idea. And honestly, I think they should do it with every single thing that they do. Like, just Absolutely. be completely transparent. Like, like, it, like, obviously, it would be so much more extra work to get the rights for like shows like Red Dwarf or yeah. Blake Seven and all that, but it's worth it in the end. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. worth it, and more people will be inclined to pay the TV license. I, I, I'm more inclined to pay the TV license, and I'm I, yeah. I'm happily playing the TV license. So, you know? <laughs> yeah, same. Like, <laughs> um. Russell T. Davis comments in Doctor Who magazine number 596. Uh, You'll have been told about the archive, the back catalogue of Doctor Who arriving on the iPlayer. The iPlayer. Uh, At last, when I arrived in this job, I told them I wanted to, one, make Doctor Who. 
Two, annually. Three, create massive behind-the-scenes coverage. Four, not telling you that. Five, nor that. <laughs> and six, have the back catalogue of Doctor Who ready and available not just for us, the fans, but for children and families and absolutely everyone. The show has always been split up on different platforms and behind paywalls. Now it's here for all to see as one mighty empire. You can go from 1963 to the power of the Doctor without changing channels. Which is great because it means I can cancel ITVX. Uh, mind you, I made that statement, then I kind of forgot about it. I was busy, you know? About 18 <laughs> months later, I cast Ashley said to Julie Gardner, hey, what happened to that iPlayer plan? Has anyone done anything? She gave me her basilisk stare and informed me that while I'd forgotten all about it, fleets of lawyers and producers and subtitlers and data wranglers had worked their fingers to the bone into the small hours of the night for an entire year to swing the deal. You idiot. Oops. Thanks all. Um, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, yeah this, well this done. Really I can't imagine shows. how hard that was. Yeah, this really shows how much Russell D. Davis cares about the show and cares about presenting the show to people, you know? It's incredible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's incredible. And I couldn't be more excited, but, you know, there's maybe one story that won't be part of the archive. <laughs> yes, and that is an unearthly child the very first Doctor Who story, which introduced William Hartnell as the first Doctor, titled An Unearthly Child, will not be included in the iPlayer back catalogue as part of the 60th anniversary celebration of the programme the BBC has confirmed to the Radio Times. Uh, this massive iPlayer back catalogue will be home to over 800 hours of Doctor Who content, uh, but will not include the first four episodes, as we do not have all the rights to those. And that's because of one... Uh, Anthony Coburn, Steph Anthony Coburn, sorry. The four stories were written by the late writer Anthony Coburn and they will not be included because the BBC writer's son could not come to an agreement on the rights. And uh, this son, uh, Steph Anthony Coburn, is a piece of work he's an interesting dude it's a real piece of work um he loves he loves twitter too much uh and he yep. tweets all the time and he tweets awful things uh this is just a few of his tweets uh, a while back i cancelled the bbc's license to show or use in any way my late father's four first ever doctor who episodes comprising the tribe of gum now they offer me a pittance to relicense them i sent them my counter offer instead let's see how much they want them you're all missing the point in 1976 the BBC, without asking permission or offering payment, first registered my desperately ill father's IP as their trademark, before, by gross professional negligence or deliberate intent, killing him. You think I give a damn about anything else? Um, so, the, the guy goes on and he tweets non-stop about awful yeah. things, and, you know, he's exactly yeah. as transphobic and awful as you would expect somebody on Twitter to be, um, and... Oh, but like you know he's he's talk like holding this uh an unearthly child ransom basically and it's yes. it's led to a very i think a lot of negative feedback to him on twitter like a lot oh. of people probably presumably being not very nice to him which i'm oh, not yeah. like like you know what's the point of that that's not going to solve anything I know. but there is or at least there was like earlier today yeah. or yesterday we, or something like maybe an unearthly child is coming to iPlayer so maybe these maybe I, yeah, I, BBC just so, went, screw it we'll pay instead of 20 <laughs> grand we'll give you the 30 that you're asking for or the 200 you're asking for mm. you know like and I don't let's know. talk about the 20 grand first because that is a beyond reasonable amount to pay 
for this, you know, to pay the son of the writer. Because we're looking yeah. at America right now. They just had a writer strike, and part of the right part of why they went on strike, the writers, was you know, streaming services don't give a very good amount of payback. There's no residuals. Like we see writers getting pennies off of their work on Netflix. Meanwhile, this guy, who's the son of the guy who wrote the first Doctor Who episode, is being paid, being offered twenty thousand pounds. That's yeah. an incredible amount for doing nothing except being born, essentially. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It and it's you know if he doesn't want that money, I will happily take it, um, <laughs> and then we can put an unearthly child if like if if the money is the issue if he's just if he mm-hmm. doesn't want the money then i will i'll solve that problem for him and i'll i'll and, take it yeah um, <laughs> and, but... and the thing is we've seen clips of an unearthly child being removed from the official doctor youtube channel we've seen it uh we've seen the episodes being removed from storefronts like amazon or a google store one of those platforms as well and yeah people today have just noticed that there are there are clips of the episodes on bbc iplayer but people have been also pointing out they've always been there so i, I don't mm. know what the story is i know they've they've kept on re renegotiating i'm sorry <laughs> um bbc have been trying to get this up and running you know I'm, i assume russell d davis is also really trying hard at this like it's an mm-hmm. important piece of television history to have in their archive if it's just so incomplete without it but you know the first four episodes aren't that good anyway the first episode is great the three that follow yeah. not so much <laughs> so it's not which, a yeah big loss. which is fair <laughs> it's it's not but uh, from an archivist point of view it is a massive loss and from a just a completionist point of view it would be so like especially if they animate every episode uh, you imagine mm-hmm. on iplayer you can watch every single episode of doctor who even the missing episodes that they've gone back and painstakingly animated except you can't watch the first story you yeah. know like that would be ridiculous so you know hopefully they come to some sort of deal hopefully this guy wisens up you know and just mm-hmm. chills out a Fingers bit crossed. like you know but who knows who knows what happens we'll just have to wait and see only time will tell um yeah in other news tv november 1st talking doctor who seven thirty p.m bbc4 is this maybe the November first thing that was? Russell maybe was it's about? Po- it's potentially, um, but it feels it feels weird to just be like, oh yeah, November first, uh, something's big coming. Oh, a documentary. Okay, <laughs> on BBC documentaries Four. Documentaries are big. Okay, that's what I'm saying. All three of them are documentaries. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as part of the Doctor Who's 60th anniversary celebrations, David Tennant time travels. Oh my God, back through the BBC <laughs> archives to tell the story of the Doctor's classic era. The show will feature a selection of rarely seen interviews and clips covering William Hartnell's first incarnation right through to the seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy. What about my boy, Paul McGann? On the way, (laughs) Tennant compares some of his own experiences with the actors who came before him and shares special archive moments that reveal, amongst other things, how to film a regeneration. Which actor was a master of modern gadgetry, including a collapsible caravan, and what uh, what the factors were that helped to decide how a doctor selects his own individual and distinctive costume. I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm hyped. I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. 
And yeah. I'm just looking forward to just an introspective look at what it is like to be one of the most popular TV characters of all time. One of the most popular children. Sorry. One of the most popular children's superheroes children. of all time. I burped. Yeah. <laughs> like Doctor, Lock, Doctor Who is a superhero. You don't think about that often enough, but he is a superhero. Uh, I, you know? I'm pretty sure Doctor Mysterio was the superhero. Um, <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was that Mysterio guy <laughs> from that episode with Goku in it. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, also on November 1st, they are airing the concerts which they unveiled all of the new songs yeah. at and played some lovely classic songs as well. <clears throat> I don't think I'm going to watch this because I already listened to the show yeah. and as an audio experience, I don't think watching them play the instruments is going to really add anything that <laughs> listening to with my headphones didn't do. You know, <laughs> oh, it, was what, it was what you were saying when you watched the clip of them before. Oh, conductor. Yeah, about the conductor and just it's kind of like magical for me to watch people yeah. perform music because it's like in audio you don't really think about all the instruments, but you see like sixty people sitting down playing unique instruments at the same time, and you're like, oh my god, that woman over there with a piano is doing something incredible. That woman with a violin is doing something incredible. I watched Back to the Future a few years ago with a live orchestra. And that was mm. incredible. That was amazing. I loved it so much because you just you get to key in on some of the music so much more. It's like an it's a visual experience as well as an audio experience. It's something incredible. I'm looking forward to looking. I'm looking forward to seeing. It's going to be great. <laughs> nice. Um, we've also got audio coming for the speaking of Paul McGann actually uh, from Big Finish Doctor Who the 8th Doctor Adventures Audacity uh, the Doctor is about to gain a new best friend Lady Audacity Montag Montag Montague that's what I said uh, has carved her own path in Regency England she has also been watching the heavens wondering what lies beyond when the Doctor gate crashes one of her famous society balls audacity is given the chance to find out this is three episodes uh the devouring by lisa mcmullen the great cyber war part one by tim foley and the great cyber war part two by tim foley um which is fun i like a paul mcgann story this seems by the, the... the cover art is classic big finish let's stick everybody on the poster cover <laughs> art. um i, I kind of <laughs> like it i dig it what what's yeah. interesting is the Great Cyber War Part One has two parts, and the Great Cyber War Part Two <laughs> yeah. has two parts. So I presume at last minute they decided to make these twenty five to thirty minute episodes because that was the original format of these Paul McGann audio stories. And um, this is going to an, a very early point in the Eighth Doctor's career because he looks like the TV movie version of the Eighth Doctor. Yeah, really. he's very young, long hair. So, yeah. um, last year I listened to the two box sets that came out for the Eighth Doctor, and obviously they're like the latest point of the Doctor's the Eighth Doctor's life, and I loved both of these box sets. And when this was announced, I was kind of disappointed because I just grew to love these characters so much and mm. like Livchenka and Helen and now I'm kind of disappointed that we're going back I, I, I don't know why we're going back but I presume it's going to be revealed inside of the story because this does have uh, the numbering of three at the start of each story so this is like this is essentially box set three continuing on from yeah. last two so 
I guess it's sort of like a prequel that ties in. I don't know. I, I'm I interested. Didn't they say I'll it was probably going to be standalone stuff anyway, but I don't know. You know, we'll see. I, the, the the audacity of them to dare change it, you might say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll check it uh, out because I really, I really love the Eighth Doctor. He's he's one of my favorites. I do love him. Uh, just thinking about the Eighth Doctor makes me really hope he Cream gets your a spin off. I, I, I it right. does, but I just, I really hope, <laughs> I really hope, really hope he gets his a spin off show because he's one of the actually he's the only classic Who yeah. Doctor young enough to still do the role and. He is. I would die. I think I would die if we got an Eighth Doctor adventure series. Yeah. Just, uh, just a spin-off following the Eighth Doctor. I would die, and uh, I would, I would be very happy. Please, Russell. Please. Uh, yeah, it's so, <laughs> it's so sad to be like, oh yeah, you should check out the Eighth Doctor. He's one of the best. Yeah. Oh, what abs- What episodes are his best? Oh, actually, he only has one episode. He has one mini-sode, and he's in Power of the Doctor. Um, yeah, he has great audio adventures, he's got, he's got a movie. The, the movie's not really canon, but it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> also, we've got a book coming out. Uh, the Fourth Doctor Anthology, Doctor Who. Uh, where is the about on this? Publisher's synopsis. When Doctor Who Weekly launched in 1979, it was the Inimitable Tom, in, inip, inimitable. There's so many big words today. Uh, Tom Baker incarnation of the immortal Time Lord who graced its very first comic stories. Now Panini Comics is proud to present the complete collection of Fourth Doctor comic strips, taken from the early years of Doctor Who Weekly and Doctor Who Monthly, featuring 16 wild and witty tales. This collection sees the Doctor encounter robotic centurions, deceptively furry and cuddly space tyrants, hmm, who could that be? Deadly psychic vampires, and a whole lot more. Uh, so it's fun that this is a collection of really old Doctor Who comics that are insane. Uh, obviously, <laughs> the big deal is um, Beep the Meep. Uh, is, yeah, this is it, the, the it has the original the Star Beast. So... Uh, yeah. I haven't read the original Star Beast, actually. I should actually read mm. it before it comes out. Yeah. So Spoilers, I might though. You might ruin this. it for you. You might ruin the show for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, it's cool. Um, I like... That's cool stuff. How many pages is it? Uh, d- d- 324. Gee whiz, that's a lot of comic. That is a lot of comic. <laughs> um, I'm sure it'll be a fun time. £30, a lot of money for it but. yeah but you know I'll, I'll probably read it just for the star beast and then forget about it put it in a cupboard somewhere <laughs> hmm. yeah yeah that's probably money well spent on a shel- <laughs> put it on a shelf don't put it in a cupboard put it on a shelf I don't have shelves <laughs> get a shelf and start buying <laughs> books <laughs> where do you store your dvds if you don't have a shelf do you I put them in my cupboard because my cupboard has like a bit at the top that I could put stuff in. So I just put all my DVDs in there, but I've run out of room there. So now it's uh, all in like drawers and under my bed and in my poop. You just can't and, see it. Uh, it's stuff you can't even see. Like I like, I like, <laughs> I like about having a collection of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm gesturing to my very messy shelf that I need to organize <laughs> at the minute. Uh, but what I, I don't even know if you can see it because it might get cut off from the frame. But either way, what I like about my like like having storage on shelves is you can display your collection like mm-hmm. what's the point of having it to just oh, throw see, it away 
you know when i move out the first thing i'm going to do is buy a shelf because i will yeah. buy shelves not just a shelf <laughs> buy one <laughs> shelf <laughs> one shelf one really buy, long I... shelf it's really big <laughs> like... I've, I've always dreamed of storing my shit i just don't have any room for my shit you know mm, and i need it yeah <laughs> it's gonna be great yeah. on november 4th uh the dr donna fawn <laughs> at 9 45 right, are we gonna watch the dr donathon um the alan z. donathon alan z ahead of the biggest reunion in time and space let's rewatch three adventures again a 14 hour watch along with breaks of doctor who adventures featuring the 10th doctor and donna noble will be happening on saturday the 4th of november 2023 starting at 9 45 uk time Fans around the world will be able to follow the watch along with the hashtag DrDonathon. Uh, there was also a competition to enter uh, to watch the marathon in the UK cinema, which is, uh, you can't enter it anymore because it was like October the 11th. So. <laughs> but some people are imagine... watching this in the cinema. <laughs> How mental. In... I imagine it'll be a cinema like in London or something. Yes, um, of course. <laughs> what's, what's interesting about this is mm-hmm. this Dr. Donathon, this marathon of Doctor Who and Donna Noble stories, um, I literally just finished watching all of the Doctor <laughs> the 10th Doctor <laughs> and Donna Noble stories just a few weeks ago. I finished doing this by myself. Um, so maybe I will watch it. Maybe I will join this, this marathon. Um, maybe I won't because I, I watched these very recently. But at the yeah. same time, it would be good for some hashtag social media engagement if we uh, mm. if we did watch along and came up with some funny tweets like what I'll if the doctor <laughs> what if the doctor pooped his pants just now ha 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 and then and then we get we get like fifty likes that that <laughs> <laughs> one of the things when this was announced november 4th of the weekend after it's november 11th and that's where a lot of people are thinking doctor mm-hmm. who must be back on november 11th there's no way we would do this november 4th and then have like a two-week gap yeah. <laughs> but i guess they have this out on november 4th and there's a two-week gap so let's see you know. november 4th i am also working so i, mean, I, I don't know if try... i'm working but we will see <laughs> We could join the back hand of it, you know, the the back end in the evening mm-hmm. time. We'll see. Um, yeah. Uh, in November, on November sixth, David Whittaker in an exciting adventure with television. David, there's a David Whittaker now. Uh, David Whittaker <laughs> in an exciting adventure with television. This is a book. Uh, to celebrate 60 years of Doctor Who, discover the extraordinary little-known life of one of its chief architects, David Whittaker. Uh, as the show's first story editor, he helped to establish the compelling blend of adventure, imagination, and quirky humor that made and continues to make the series a hit. David commissioned the first Dalek story and fought for it to be made when his bosses didn't like it. Regeneration, the TARDIS being alive, the idea of Doctor Who expanding to become a multimedia phenomenon in comics books and films david whittaker was all over it yet very little was known about this key figure in doctor who history until now why did he fall out with irving berlin was he really engaged to Eutha joyce and how did an assignment to moscow badly affect his career simon gurrier has written countless doctor who books comics and audio plays he is also the author of sherlock holmes the great war and has produced a number of documentaries for bbc radio 3 and radio 4 this 
book sounds incredible. I am 100% adding this to my <laughs> to buy list. This sounds ace. This sounds like a yeah, really a good book. There's, there's so many good books and stuff coming out next month because obviously it's the, it's the yeah. 60th. It's a big month for releases. <laughs> it, it, I, I, yeah, I'm interested it, by it as well. I need it probably for research purposes, but uh, there's, there's, no, there's too much, too much books, too, too little money, you know? Yeah, that's true. But what's annoying is they're, they're not selling this book on Amazon. They're only selling it on 10 acre films website, which is, what? yeah. Like I looked for this book on Amazon. I can't buy it, but the, the website 10 acre films, which is where I read yeah. this thing is you can add it to the cart and buy it there. There's no Amazon link. You just buy it off the website directly, which is annoying. Um, and makes me less likely to buy the book. Sad mm. face. <laughs> uh, in November 7th, Once Upon a Time Lord. Oh, this looks familiar. <laughs> uh, Doctor Who, Once Upon a Time Lord. Eisner award-winning Spider-Man writer Dan Slott makes his Doctor Who debut. An epic story that sees companion Martha Jones captured by the insatiable pyromyths and her only hope for survival is to keep them distracted with sensational untold tales of the 10th Doctor facing off against his greatest foes, both classic and new. Witness the incredible adventures of the 10th Doctor like never before. You'll be on the edge of your TARDIS as she recounts three unbelievable tales of the Doctor facing off against her, his deadliest foes. Bursting straight out of the long-running hit television series, this Doctor Who collection continues the time-traveling tales of the Doctor and friends. Buy it, read it, then travel back in time to read it for the first time all over again. See, this is interesting. Um, what comics has Dan Slott written? Because I've read a quite yeah, a few Spider-Man was, comics. Yeah, he was Spider-Man, the main Spider-Man guy from like 2009 to like 2017 or something. He's the guy mm. who came up with the concept of the Spider-Verse. Uh, he's also mm. doing a new Spider-Man comic book that's separate from Amazing Spider-Man called, just called Spider-Man, I believe. And also Spider-Boy is a new spin-off and... He he is hands deep inside of Spider Man at the moment. <laughs> he he is a Spider Man guy. He loves him some Spider Mans, um, which is fair enough. This comic though doesn't grab me. Like it it just being three standalone mm. stories of Martha recounting like, oh yeah, the doctor did this yeah. and whether or not it's true or not. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, do I care? The, the cover's yeah. fun. You know, the doctor riding oh, yeah. a werewolf getting chased by every monster imaginable. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. The, the framing device of Martha telling the stories is a bit weak. I'm not sure how that fits in, but the artwork looks nice. We can see the cover. Of the cover art is nice. The interior artwork is the same Doctor Who artwork that I hate. They they I, right. they draw faces weird in Doctor Who comics, and I don't <laughs> know why. Like, well, and it comes to one of those things where that really annoys me about comic books or books where it doesn't align with a show's canon because you can imagine so much different worlds so much more different worlds than you can on television and like mm. here doctor who is on like a planet where uh the, the ocean is pink and there's a pirate boat and uh that's not something you'd see in a show it feels uh, where are they where weird. are they in the show <laughs> london oh they're in london again this week yeah <laughs> like... 
Oh, tune in next week where they're going to be in London. <laughs> like... <laughs> but also, if you are writing a comic book, it's like, you wouldn't just stick to London. That's boring. You might as well yeah. unleash your creativity. It's it, it's a weird issue with me where if something doesn't look immediately canon, I just cannot gel with it at all. It's It's probably my problem but it's weird it is your problem i've never had that issue i've always thought oh i i mean i always took the doctor who comics to be canon as well because it's like Mm. stories between the episodes type thing you know Mm -hmm. it's um and them being wackier or wilder or more colorful aliens and things like that never even registered in my brain as possibly a problem like Like i'm looking at a page versus a sycorax riding a giant lizard and the giant lizard um, is about to eat the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's strange. Perfect. It's perfect. It's, yeah, it's exactly what you've seen. You're a freak. Three. You're a freak. You're just a freak. <laughs> That's all you are. Um, on November 13th, Underwater Menace. Doctor Who, the Underwater Menace limited edition steelbook. Um, is this an animated story? This looks like an animated story. Mm-hmm. It is. Yes. This is uh, Patrick Troughton stars in the recreation of the Lost Classic from 1967. Wow, I was burping as I said seven there. Did you hear it? Uh, <laughs> the did. Doctor and his friends <laughs> find themselves in the lost city of Atlantis, where the crazed Professor Zaroff has convinced the people of Atlantis that he can raise the sunken city from beneath the sea. However, the Doctor discovers a terrible secret behind Zaroff's plan, a secret that could destroy all of life on Earth. As the countdown commences to the end of the world, can the Doctor defeat the underwater menace? Uh, and this is the animated versions with a very nice steelbook. It's a, it's, I love a steelbook. I love a good steelbook. Um, I don't know how you feel about steelbooks, but I love them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I love steelbooks. I just, again, it's a, it's a space issue. If I had... <laughs> if i had all the space for steel books i would buy them all <laughs> you know yeah it's a beautiful yeah. looking steel book i love the colors for me it's a price issue mainly when it comes to steel books mm. they're always it's always cheaper to just buy the regular blu-ray than it is to yeah. get the steel book so unless there's like a good deal or i'm getting a lot of extras in the steel book um then i'm usually not going to go for it mm-hmm. i think the only i have a couple steel books there's i have a steel book off um planet terror which is mm-hmm. the double feature that tarantino did with um robert rodriguez where it's planet terror and death proof um which is like their b-movie sort of deal i have that in steelbook and i also have inglorious bastards both tarantino nice. joints uh <laughs> on steelbook i don't know why i'm a white guy that likes films so tarantino i have um i have have two dalek movies on steelbook as well as Shaun of the dead uh, Um, their art was i might i might have another steelbook somewhere but again it's just again shoved into a closet somewhere so i can't remember (laughs) no Uh, (laughs) um uh, this box set includes previously unreleased 1964 drama starring patrick charton and joseph first and i quickly googled this apparently it's a drama i'm not sure because this is a six episode tv show called the midnight men starring patrick Triton, apparently so i'm not sure if this is it the midnight men if it is the midnight men i'm not sure why it's that's a six episode drama it's too much for a dvd 
So I presume it's not for Midnight Men, but it's only previously unreleased. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. That is a strange thing to include. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But either way, it's cool that there's more footage. There's more stuff in this because it was. It's it. This is lacking. I would say there's also audio commentaries, BBC news extracts, and animation and photo gallery. So not too much of stuff. So if if it is like a whole TV drama, that's cool. <laughs> you know, the more the merrier because this is four episodes uh, or six episodes. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, either what? way, I'm not too interested because it's a, again the issue of the animation not being good enough. I would say. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely not good enough for thirty pounds. I'll wait for it to come mm. onto iPlayer. Um, We've also got coming on November 13th as well, Series 1 to 4 remastered of Modern Doctor Who on Blu-ray. Newly upscaled uh, episodes from the 9th and 10th Doctor eras are now available to pre-order on Blu-ray. This includes every episode and special from the first four series freshly upscaled to high definition using the latest technology plus the 10th Doctor specials, existing bonus features, and one new extra. Uh, this is insane. I might get this. Um, <laughs> and I, I, Which is interesting because, like, you go back and you watch series, like, one. Like, I think the effects in series one hold up because it's in mm. standard definition. Yeah. I don't know if upscaling that is going to, like, is going to date. Unless they redo some of the effects on top, which they do do with Blu-rays. Do-do, ha-ha. But, so, yeah, I'll have to see what the reaction is when it comes out online to, like, if if it's worth buying it or not. But I might genuinely get that. I've heard some early reactions from, like, people who obviously have an early box set Mm. of this. And apparently the upscale is as good as it could possibly get. It's really good. Um, it's, It's so good. Um... Hmm. Uh, I would be interested in this, but again, it's a, I, I would hope it lands on BBC iPlayer because it really should be on BBC iPlayer. I'm not. Yeah. I, I probably will get this eventually because I'd like to have a full DVD collection of Doctor Who DVD Blu-ray collection because all the bonus features. Yum yum yum. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's weird that it still has no cover. It's like two, three weeks away, still no cover. It's really weird. <laughs> I don't imagine the cover is going to be anything spectacular. Like it will be a picture with the doctors on it, and there will be some mm. like vortex in the background and the original Doctor Who logo. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this uh, is this is something. This is something to add into like a kid's Christmas wish list. You know, this is like this my is me. I'm that kid. Me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on November sixteenth. We have adventures across space and time. I feel like everything is called that right now. Is everything just <laughs> called <laughs> adventures across space and time? Uh, it's an easy this title. Is, yeah, this is what another book. Is this another book? Yes. Mm-hmm. Adventures across space and time brings together key academic, critic, and fan writings about Doctor Who, alongside newly commissioned work addressing contemporary issues and debates to form a comprehensive guide to the wider Hooniverse. The pre-nearly popular BBC series holds a unique place in the history of television and TV fandom. The longest-running science fiction show, the series and its fans' communities have tracked social media and cultural changes over its 60-year life 
lifetime. Adventures Across Space and Time presents classic writings on Who and its fandom by leading scholars including John Fisk, Henry Jenkins, John Tulloch and Matt Hills but also represents writings and arts by fans including fans who went on to become showrunners, writers or even the Doctor himself with contributions by Stephen Moffat, Chris Chibnall, Douglas Adams and Peter Capaldi. This innovative anthology addresses Doctor Who's showrunners, Doctors, companions, enemies and collaborators as well as issues and debates around queer fandom, intersectionality, the wokeness of the Doctor, fan (laughs) media including websites, podcasts and vlogs, fan activism and questions of race and sexuality in relation to the show and its spin-offs. It considers Doctor Who as peculiarly British as a peculiarly British phenomenon but also as one that has delighted engaged and sometimes enraged viewers around the world this sounds like a really interesting book why did it weren't we approached well you know when they were writing <laughs> this book we probably had like negative one subscribers because we probably weren't even a show when this book first got commissioned and so why weren't we approached you know we're the hit doctor who podcast we're the go-to <laughs> radio scarrow never heard of you we're the guys that everybody comes to <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, this book sounds really interested, interesting. And it's Radio Free Scar. Kind of, sorry, I said their show name wrong. <laughs> and it's it's topics that we've kind of touched upon. You know, we just talked about uh, the representation of a gay woman with the Doctor Falls a few weeks ago. Yeah. We've talked about wokeness in the past. Um, we've woke, obviously the us, woke <laughs> mind virus infecting our show. <laughs> Obviously, we aren't scholars, and it's hard for us to talk about it in like you an academic scholar. way. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be interesting to read this topic from like a scholar's point of view about the history of Doctor Who and its representation throughout the years, and it, probably its sexism. I'd imagine this is part of it. Um, it's it, the paperback. Like it'd be a really interesting read. Yeah, the paperback is about $30, but the hardback is $90, which is insane <laughs> for a hardback. <laughs> yeah, that is that is pricey. That is insane. How big is it? This must be a massive book. 312, I assume, pages, it says here. That's not yeah. that big. Um interesting. But I I I you know, I'm mostly interested in reading the Moffat Chibnall Douglas Adams and Capaldi. It's mm. interesting Douglas Adams contributed when he's been, I guess, because it's archived. I've been, I think he's been yeah. dead for 30 years, but <laughs> they brought but, him back from the dead the... just for this book. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's weird that it says with contributions by Stephen Moffat, Chris Chibnall, and then Douglas Adams because yeah, at the start like, of the like... sentence, it's like, oh yeah, this must be brand new contributions. But then yeah. you mentioned Douglas Adams, who's been dead for like 35 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. And then Peter Capaldi tacked on at the end. But that's the section I'd be most interested in reading out, mm-hmm. the, out of all of it. Um, that's what really grabbed my attention. Um, God, there's so many books coming out in November. And November <laughs> I 16th. Why. <laughs> yeah, and November 16th, we've got Doctor Who Hootopia, the ultimate guide to the universe. That's a really nice cover. That's a really yeah, nice cover. Nice and sleek. Um, it's nice and simple. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the Hooniverse. First stop everywhere. Six decades may only be a handful of heartbeats to a Time Lord, but for Doctor Who, it's the adventure of several lifetimes. Evolving over 60 years, the world's longest-running sci-fi TV show has gifted us a universe of menacing monsters and unforgettable heroes. You might even call it a Hootopia. Now you can roam free through the Doctor's dimension as never before in this special commemorative book. 
for Doctor Who's Diamond Anniversary. Join all the Doctors as each tells their own story, learn about the legions of legendary allies, and hear from the monsters' own mouths about what makes them tick. Find danger on alien worlds and threats here on Earth in all eras, and explore the gadgets, robots, spaceships, computers, and mind-blowing creations that the crowd, that crowd that never-ending corridors of Hootopia. Crowned with exciting new images and in full color throughout, Hootopia: The Ultimate Guide to the Universe is the essential celebration of 60 years of Doctor Who. Uh, this is another 300 plus page book that's yeah. releasing in the month of November <laughs> about Doctor Who. Um, this is insane. There's too many books that are too big coming out. <laughs> it's, it's, it is the number one bestseller in social science, sciences references, which sounds like a wrong category for this book. <laughs> social sciences <laughs> references. <laughs> I guess the social science of studying the show <laughs> I, I feel like I, I, I don't know yeah social sciences feels wrong um but uh, because the number seller the number two seller is how to talk to women <laughs> <laughs> probably bought by the same people that are buying this book uh <laughs> get her to like you and want you with effortless fun conversations and never run out of anything to say i should buy this <laughs> why I, I why would anybody buy those books i don't feel like they'd be useful um but cool that's cool i guess good for them um interesting lots of books not what i'm probably going to get but it sounds like it would be a good resource to have again mm-hmm. um uh, event yeah. so russell no- yeah. yeah a lot a lot of stuff happening on november 16th but the day after is children in need on november 17th mm. and russell t davis says this is one of the dates we should really keep an eye out on so you know children in need have has a rich history of doctor who of course we've gotten like mini swords and uh, we just got the announcement of millie gibson that last year's children in need so we're probably going to get something special you know a week before the anniversary starts children another in trailer. need one of the biggest shows on bbc another trailer. or a mini-sode or a mini-sode mini-sode maybe 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 a recap of everything that happened in the comic an animated version of the comic <laughs> that ran through doctor who magazine because it's integral to the start of the 60th yeah. anniversary we need to know what happened to the furries we need to know <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens I'm interested. Yeah, we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. And then, finally, at long last, (laughs) after almost two hours of talking, we have gotten to the big finish releases. Ah, lovely. Lovely comfort. I understand how this segment works. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as we look at what's coming out for Big Finish in the month of November. Uh, first up, we have got Audacity, which we have already covered earlier on, so we will skip that and jump straight over to the War Master Rogue Encounters. Uh, throughout his many lives, the Master has visited myriad places and planets. Some he has spared, others he has destroyed, but all have felt his presence, however fleeting. In the Time War, he helps a soldier save their world from a Dalek assault. On Earth, he helps a young woman discover the truth about her boyfriend's abduction. At the Sublime Port, he helps himself to a source of incredible power. And as the universe itself comes to an end, a lonely old man tries to help in any way he can. But the Master is always waiting. 
This is Four Stories, Runtime by Tim Foley, Manhunt by Roka Patel, uh, sorry if I pronounced that name wrong, uh, The Sublime Port by James Goss, and Alone by Scott Handcock. Um, which is fun. It's a bunch of different masters in this story, isn't it? It's a heap of different masters throughout the timeline. Or I mean, there's just only Derek two. Jacobi? Just two? There's, there's, yeah. Just um, two? So, the two stories that are really interesting in my eye is part three, which is the Sublime Port, which co-stars Billis Manger, and you have yet to have a rogue encounter. I'm, I am about with, to meet him with, in Torchwood. Yes. You yes. are like two or three episodes away. He is an interesting character. He doesn't get too much depth in Torchwood, unfortunately, but he appears in these audio dramas. He is such an interesting character. He's such a weird, eerie old man. Uh, he recently passed away, sadly, but uh, this might be the last time he appears in Big Finish, but... He is such an interesting character. You can never quite tell what his motivations are, but in an inter- in an interesting way, he's such a weird character. You know, he he has mm. a be- the ability to time travel without any device, so he just pops up from time to time. And of course, uh, the next interesting one, which is my most interesting story from this, which I probably won't listen to, but you know, (laughs) it's by Scott, it's alone by Scott Hancock, who is of course the new script editor of Doctor Who. So he he left this series to do Doctor Who proper. And Mm. it's the master meeting Professor Yana, which is really interesting. (laughs) I'm really interested by this, you know, to hear how they interact. This is interesting yeah. stuff. Multi-master it, it feels story like... without knowing it. it. It feels, I mean, isn't that just <laughs> the, kind of the premise of the Fugitive of the Jadun? Isn't I that? Guess. But with I the guess. master, you know, with the good... doctor meeting yeah. themselves, <laughs> but themselves doesn't know they're meeting the, them because the, they've got their mind inside a watch. Yeah, but, a, uh, I... <laughs> but this time, I know. guess, the master will have a disguise, you know. The master loves his disguises, so he would be disguised to meet himself, <laughs> essentially, I'd imagine. The only, the only <laughs> difference is he's wearing a wig. Other than that, one-to-one <laughs> retelling of Fugitive of the Jadun. <laughs> but yeah, The War Master is a series I really want to get into because Derek Jacobi is the person who obviously was the master for like one second in the show proper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he only had like two lines as the master. It's yeah. terribly sad. <laughs> it is, because he would have been, been cool to see as the master and... All of his big finish stuff does sound interesting, and I'm really curious mm-hmm. as to what his version of the master is actually like. Um, it's a shame we'll never see him on screen be the yeah. master again. Unless uh, he's he's unless he's in the sixtieth, it's not too late. Yeah, 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 maybe he is. Maybe he is. Um, you want to take this next one? Yes, what we have next is Doctor Who, the Tenth Doctor Chronicles, Volume Two, Defender of Earth. Lovely uh, a lot of subtitles. <laughs> uh, the Doctor's always loved the Earth. He witnessed its birth and watched it die. It's the home of some of his best friends, and even temporarily his, uh, his as well. Temporarily, his home as well. And even oh, right. temporarily his home as well. <laughs> okay, I lost, I lost the train there. <laughs> uh, throughout its history, many alien species have tried to conquer the Earth. Unfortunately for them, the planet is defeated, and as these invaders are about to learn, the Doctor would do anything to save Un- it. Unfortunately for them, the planet is defeated, is it? The planet, the planet's defeated. <laughs> Defended. 
Oh dear. This is why I let Matthew do most of the reading. <laughs> uh, so we have four stories in this. We have The Thing in the Forest by Trevor Baxendale. We have op- The Opacity Factor by Carl Rowans. Freedom of Death by Alice Cooper. I imagine. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Alice Freedom <Cavender>. or death. <laughs> Freedom or death. What did I say? <laughs> Freedom of death. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a freedom I wish I had. Um, the Siege <laughs> of Shackleton. Am I reading that? Yeah, uh, by Una yeah. McCormick, and that's all the stories. And this is David Tennant without being played by David Tennant. Um, I'm not sure Which, why this exists. <laughs> it's I guess it's just a fun standalone yeah. David Tennant stories. Uh, the cover art's nice on this one. I actually like the cover mm. art for once. Um, it's very golden with a little hint of red and like a little grey alien dude. Classic. And, you know, Torchwood alien guy in the back. Mm. Um, it's nice. It's a nice cover. And it's a David Tennant pose I've not seen on cover. It looks like a painting, like original art. I'm not sure where that's oh, from. I, um, the hand looks disconnected. That's not David Tennant's hand. That must, yeah. that must be two different things. <laughs> Maybe. It's a good Photoshop job, though. I like it. Yeah. Uh Next up, uh, so, we've got... Sorry, so Jacob Dudman is playing the Doctor here, not David Tennant. And, yeah. you know, what's the point of doing these fake Doctor stories when David Tennant is just going to come back to Big Finish anyway? Once he's done with all the Doctor Who stuff, he's going to come back right to Big Finish. And if, if you if you wait train can't two stop, years man. for this... That train can't <laughs> stop. The train can't stop. Big Finish has got to keep going. There's too many stories for them to take a break. They can't afford to not produce Doctor Who stories. Go, True. go, go, go. If you're not there, they'll replace you with a sound-alike. That's it. The, show does, the shows don't stop. Like... <laughs> you want to take the next one? Uh, Torchwood. Ooh, done it. Uh, who would murder an ood? In the 43rd century, all of the Earth's empire waste goes to the recycling world of Paragallus IV. But has something else been sent there? Something worth killing for? The Torchwood Archive sends Zachary Cross Flame to investigate, and he uncovers a terrible secret. The empire has a use for everyone, even after death. What's the chances that they get turned into food for the ood? Food for the ood. <laughs> food for the ood. Um, and this is this is a character from that devil episode that said he was in yes. Torchwood, so they had to make him in yes. Torchwood. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's like the most bottom of the barrel Torchwood content. But apparently the first one that came out today, I believe, or last week, uh, Torchwood Odyssey was really good. So this is part of a trilogy, the second part of a trilogy. Hmm. Apparently the first part is good, so I imagine the second part will be good. I imagine it will be oh, better I imagine it will be better than Once in Future, because... Why... Yikes. <laughs> why, why did they call it Torchwood Odyssey and not Torchwood I know. Odyssey? That's my like, fault. Odyssey is, Odyssey is right there. Like, yeah, especially you did, if you're going you to call the next you, one. You did Odunit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is the next one going to be called? Hold on, I need to, I need to look for this. The oh my god, there's Oracle? Oracle. Not, that's, that's, not Udicle? Uh, Udicle, like you, you did a pun in the middle and not on the either side. This is an upsetting sandwich. Uh, <laughs> um, our next story is a audio book rather than an audio drama, but it's almost like an audio drama because uh, the reader of this audio book is 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 is. I'm on the edge of my seat. 
Who is it? it Who could it possibly um, be? Why isn't he in here? He's uh, John Coleshaw. And oh. he does a magnificent third Doctor impression. He is most famous for his fourth Doctor impression. Uh, he was on uh, the TV show Dead Ringers for a million years. And he did Never his heard t- Tom Baker character in that show. Um, <laughs> I will send you a link if you want. Well, as fellow Time Lords, we must unite to solve this point. Join with me, Doctor. Uh, what in? Ah, isomorphic brain contact. We must establish it. Time Lord to Time Lord. Um, are you all right? No. I'm in a situation of extreme peril. I have had to leave my time stream, go forward to the future, join you in your time stream, and have you help me. Have you been in the pub? For several millennia. So I believe. I don't actually quite understand what you want me to do. Could you do it? Say it in English. I never could understand all that gobbledygook. What a wholesome prank call. (laughs) Yeah, he's a very funny man. He does a really decent Tom Baker impression. That's most of his life, doing Tom Baker. (laughs) He prank calls (laughs) Sylvester McCoy, and Sylvester McCoy is very confused, thinks he's drinking. (laughs) He never, once, but, um, he never once doubts that it's not Tom Baker. Though, <laughs> I which know. I, think, I like, think speaks wonders to how much of a strange <laughs> dude Tom Baker is. Where you can get a call like that and not think twice, like, maybe this isn't Tom. No, this is what Tom's like. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, but yeah, John Coleshaw was reading this book, Doctor Who, The Box of Terrors. After being framed for the destruction of entire civilization, the Third Doctor and Sarah Jane follow a strange comet to planet Earth. Meanwhile, the Fourth Doctor and his Sarah Jane are called to an intergalactic emergency. The beacons protecting the sandbox are failing. When the TARDIS crashes to the Earth before his eyes, the Fourth Doctor is reunited with his former self and another Sarah Jane. But are the four of them enough to keep the sandbox closed and whatever is in within from getting out? Um, from the cover alone, what do you think is inside the sandbox? That's a hard question to answer. I don't think, I, I don't think anybody, you know, we would have to go through both the Alpha and the Omega of Doctor Who to really understand what could possibly be in this sandbox. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it could be. <laughs> but yeah, um, I never heard a Doctor story with Omega. That's an interesting thing. And... Two Sarah Jane oh, yeah. meet, two Omega. Sarah Jane's meeting is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's fun having two Sarah Janes um, at different points in her life meeting. It's it's also fun Omega coming back. I'd like I kind of like to see Omega in Modern Who. I'd be interested yeah. to see what that's like. Um, I mean, he he is he is going to appear in a K nine movie that's going to release in twenty seventeen. <laughs> so any day now. <laughs> Oh yeah, I look forward to seeing that one. Got to try and catch that in theaters. Um, uh, other stories we've got: we've got Doctor Who, the Eleventh Doctor Chronicles, Broken Hearts. He took her apart, and she told him she was fine. She lied. He saved their world and told them they'd be safe. He was wrong. It sounds like a post you would read on tumblr in 2012 <laughs> or, or or on facebook and the comments would be what's wrong babe and and, and their reply would <laughs> yeah. be oh i don't want to talk about it i don't i don't want to talk about it or pm me like 
but what's and interesting but... about this is we've got it's a Matt Smith story with mm-hmm. two robots from Sonic the Hedgehog, um, a lady. <laughs> And also Paul McGann's corpse stalking them in the background. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this is Jacob Dudman again as the 11th Doctor. He must be in the running for playing the most Doctors, I'd imagine. Because he also just was the 10th Doctor. We just discussed him a few minutes ago. (laughs) Do you think he would ever get cast as his own version of the Doctor? Maybe it would be interesting if you went from an impersonation. I I guess also John Coleshaw is another impersonator. He he does the third Doctor and the fourth Doctor in that audiobook. Yeah. So this is a month of impersonations. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, Paul McGann is here. I'm not sure what his role is here, but he's here for some reason. (laughs) Just 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 sitting about, just listening. (laughs) But yeah, this is the fourth box set in the 11th doctor chronicles and i hear this box set this storyline is really good so it's Hmm. something to check out i guess i i really in 2024 i am going to try and listen to more big finish god knows where i'll find the time or the money but we'll see how i manage impossible (laughs) an impossible task i oh i started out the year trying to do this and i I just fell off the map completely it's so difficult (laughs) It, it, it is extremely difficult. There's too many things. There's too many And things. so our last Big Finish release of the month isn't a audio drama or an audio book. It's an actual book. Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, this is Doctor Who, The Art of the Audio Adventures. Um, it's a glossy hardback compiling 100 Big Finish Doctor Who audio drama cover artworks into a lavish coffee table book. And it's got a lot of contributions from people. That is a, with a lot, lot of names. names. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's names like Anthony Dry and um, Simon <laughs> Hulub. <laughs> Ryan Applin, Lee Ap- Binding, Anthony Dry, Claudia Garoni, Clayton Hickman, Simon Hulub, Lee Johnson, Anthony Lamb, Sean Longmore, Alex Mallison, Christopher Naylor, Mark Plaston, Jim Sangster, Carolyn Tankersley, uh, Chris Thompson, Raph Wildbank, and Tom Webster, plus commentary from Colin Baker, Paul McGann, John Coulter, and Tim Trellor. I refuse to apologize if I pronounced any of those names wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this is a coffee book table this is a coffee book this is a coffee table I, book this is a coffee book <laughs> this is a coffee book table I, look, I've made the same mistake in the past when we're discussing shit I'm not sure why I would say that but this is a coffee table sized book That's coffee better. book table a coffee book table uh, you know yeah. there should actually be a co- coffee table was also a book. Imagine. I feel like that's a Seinfeld episode. I just. I'm just imagining. Episode? I'm just imagining a table covered in stains, because <laughs> you'd spill coffee. Surely you would spill coffee all over that book when you open it up to try and read, and it's like ridiculously large or small print. Like how would how big would the print be on that? Because if you're doing small print, you're gonna have to lean over the table, then you'll spill your drink. But if you do big print, then you're only gonna fit few words on each page, and the the table's gonna become too big. So I don't think it's gonna work. Um, but this is this isn't a book I'm interested in. It's forty pounds. I'm not interested in books just about 
book covers essentially you know like would yeah. you buy a book that's just full of dvd covers i wouldn't <laughs> honestly i would buy the dvds uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a cool book if you're interested in the art of big finish i guess it's cool um yeah that's but a the, lot it, of fucking the, stuff it, coming out in november <laughs> that is it's a lot of stuff coming out in november um and we're finally at the end of this news document hell yeah god damn november is going to be a busy month for the podcast i'm tired just thinking about it uh but hey um, here we so are to recap um, to recap what we're doing next month is if i scroll up uh we're on november 3rd we are doing an adventure in space and time which is the biopic starring david bradley as william hartnell on the 10th of november it's torchwood something blue which is the episode where gwen gets married and also has an alien baby inside her kind of like alien cubed um and on the 17th of november we are we are doing another news podcast and we're talking about what's happened so far in the 60th anniversary month we're previewing the 60th anniversary because on november 9th doctor who magazine is coming out so we'll know more information about the 60th anniversary and we can come up with theories and stuff so that's gonna be exciting and then after the 25th of november we are doing the star beast which is also exciting. I can't wait. I'm so excited. New Doctor Who after one year of waiting. Incredible. Yeah. That's insane. It's been a really... It's both been a quick year and a slow... Like, it feels like forever since we mm. had New Doctor Who. But also, like, like it feels like the power of the Doctor was, like, a couple months ago. It's, yeah, it's, it's insane. insane. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and you know if you've missed it the entire year we've been going through each doctor in chronological order and we have curated playlists on our youtube channel so if you love the 10th doctor you can go onto our youtube playlist and find all the 10th doctor episodes we've covered pick your favorite doctor listen to an episode or two have fun because we've really been having a lot of fun this month listen. with a lot of subscribers and listeners and viewers so it's been a good month best month ever yeah. for the podcast actually yes um, so thank listen. you thank you to everyone who's been listening to us it's been fantastic listen to our five-hour podcast on the doctor who movie and <laughs> that and just listen to that one on repeat because that's the best <laughs> one it's the best bit of doctor who if you don't like it, listen to that podcast and I will tell you explicitly for five hours why you are wrong. Because uh, <laughs> like, it's a it's an incredible movie. Thank you for sticking with us. For Stick, thank you for sticking news. us. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for sticking us. I'd love being thank sticked you. by you. Uh, <laughs> thank you for sticking us into your ears. Um, don't worry we won't be here for long because we're wrapping up now <laughs> we are so thank you if you made it this far you can find us on facebook at who watches who on twitter slash x slash is this even a working website anymore at watches doctor at youtube.com slash at who watches who pod where you can see this podcast in video form Woo! isn't that exciting we're also in audio form anywhere you listen to podcasts spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music 
there's an RSS feed where you can plug us into your podcast app of choice if that's how you like to do things instead. Uh, if you are listening in audio form, be sure to leave a review. If you are listening in or watching on YouTube, leave a comment, say hello, give the video a like, hit the subscribe button. Apparently, if you say that, YouTube have a thing now where the buttons light up. Did you know Ooh. this? I like didn't they've know apparently, this. yeah. Apparently, they've got. I, I must be like an AI or something that that yeah. listens out for the words like and subscribe. And when it hears those words, the, the icons <laughs> light up. I don't know if it's working or if it's implemented oh, yet, God. but apparently that's a thing that's going to be happening. So like and subscribe. Uh, and imagine, then... imagine if it auto subscribed for you every time we say subscribe, it either subscribes oh, yeah. or unsubscribes. Or unsubscribes. So we have to yeah. say an even. We have to say an odd number of subscribes now an episode what number are we at right now <laughs> i don't know subscribe 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 uh next week we will be looking at an adventure in space and time uh the biopic movie so look forward to that it's something different something new something blue will be coming after with torchwood oh wasn't that smooth wasn't that cool Lovely. Uh, until, until, <laughs> until then we will see you next week as christ we've been recording for two hours uh bye-bye <laughs> bye, -bye. <laughs> bye.